This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata here. Cincinnati Bengals back-to-back wins, 3-3 three and three as they're going into the bye week. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I had to watch the game on my phone, but my streams were working out pretty well. Uh, shout out. I, I have like the Xfinity and the Xfinity at home thing. I didn't have to try to go through illegal means. I was able to legally watch the game <laughs> while I was uh, on the ride home. I feel like it was a game of two halves, literally, uh, when you think of the offensive side of the ball. We'll actually go ahead and start with the defense. I I feel like we always start with the offense. We'll get to Joe Burrow, the offense in the second half in just a little bit. But let's start with the defensive performance because I'm going to be completely honest with you. When Seattle had the ball and they were driving down early on, they took a lot of time off the clock. And I thought, oh, no, this could be a very long day for the Cincinnati Mm -hmm. Bengals defense. And it's one that we watched several times this year where it's been up and down when it comes to missed tackles. And it didn't remind me of 2021, 2022. But today it gave me a little bit of flashbacks to what we've seen in the past with Lou and and the playmakers. I mean, we'll get to Cam Taylor Britt in just a moment because I felt like he was one of the stars of the show when he was up against one of their star wide receivers in DK. But overall, the defense, I was just extremely impressed after that first drive. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the second half was really impressive to me, even more so than just, you know, the the first half, I thought they did well, you know, Mm -hmm. giving up 10 points to a good team. I feel like some of this, all this talk on, you know, Twitter, social media, everywhere about how like, oh, you know, this isn't a good team. This isn't a good team. They just beat what's probably a playoff team. Like, <laughs> I know maybe you are upset about how it looked, but and the defense carried them a little bit. I expect this offense to get better. The offense was good in the first half, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, the the defense, especially after that first drive, very good. And it was kind of weird how they were really good to me because mm-hmm. they weren't good in on first and second down, but then they were really good on third down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find the stats for it. Should be able to load it. Yeah. Well, they were good on third. Five of 12, third down efficiency. And then they held the Seahawks to 0 for 2 on fourth down. And they had two turnovers, forced. They got four sacks. Good. You know, that's that's all. That's a, a good performance. When you look at some of the other things that, uh, like, when you look at um, the box score, the advanced stats for this game, all plays, the Seahawks were averaging negative 0.0. 07 EPA per play early downs negative 0.01 late downs third and fourth down negative 0.33 which that is great that's awesome and you can think about it too like all the key plays in my mind came on third fourth down especially I felt like I respect the Seahawks offensive coordinator a lot Shane Waldron I think he's really good at his job and I think Louie was really good at his job and I thought by the time we hit the fourth quarter, especially late fourth quarter, it was like the final stages of this intense chess battle peaked by the most boring thing possible where the Bengals called a timeout and then the Seahawks called a timeout. <laughs> you know, they like wanted to see what each one of them were going to do. And then uh, the Bengals came with the victory. I know players got to play, but it felt it was a that was a very fun chess battle within there. Um, yeah, I, I, they beat a good team and they stopped a good offense. I thought most of the time Gino was good for the Seahawks, he but was. They, they forced two interceptions. They sacked him four times. Like, these are just, you know, key things. They weren't always, they weren't consistently great, but they were great when they needed to be great. Yeah. I think of the red zone a lot in the second half, mm-hmm. what they were able to do in the red zone. I mean, you can point to the end of the game and I'm not going to lie. I'm sitting there at the game, straight shot, seeing the field right in front of me, the player the the Seahawks are driving to my end zone and I thought, one more chance for Lil. Bring back the OG throwback defense that we saw last year, that we saw in 2021. That had to pick up an offense when the offense is down, and they were able to do it. And I thought it was absolutely incredible with that uh, that call in DJ Reader um, in the fourth quarter was was a little questionable. Um, but uh, but overall, you know, you have guys like your defensive line. Uh, we talked about it before the season. You're putting a lot of money in your defensive line for those guys to step up in those big moments. You can point to Sam Hubbard. You can point to Trey Hendricks and B.J. Hill um, putting the pressure on Gino. And as you mentioned before, I think a lot of people were so used to saying, oh, but the, who did they play? Who did they beat? The Seahawks are a really good team. We talked about it going into the game. Thought it would be a close game. It was. I actually thought there'd be a little more um, offensive action from both sides of the ball. But we'll get to the Bengals in just a moment. But that's credit to the defense. And it, and it gives you encouragement going into the bye weekend and thinking, okay, this D, this D could be fine. This D can be fine. This is a tough competitor. You know, it's an NFC team. It's the Seattle Seahawks who play really well in the one o'clock games. I think the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills are the two teams that have beaten them in, in the last few years when they're playing one o'clock games on the East Coast, which is absolutely wild to think about that stat. But overall, um, I, I was extremely impressed. And I, I want to point out to Cam Taylor Britt because uh, mm-hmm. birthday boy definitely stepped up today. One of two birthday boys that stepped up. So wild. So wild. Mm-hmm. Birthday boy Yoshi and uh, Cam Taylor Brett. Who would have thought both of them would have a, one would have a touchdown, one would have an interception. So I thought I thought this was Cam Taylor Britt's best career game, especially considering the competition. Like, yeah, he gave up a few catches. And I definitely thought that before was the last drive where he did give up that ball to DK Metcalf down the sideline. I was like, oh. and then he missed a tackle too. I was like, it still didn't ruin it. You know, it still didn't ruin this performance for me. I thought you were still awesome. 
type of thing. Um, yeah, I, he was really good, and he deserves all the credit. And I thought he was good last week. Even, you know, he had the pick six. And some people might point to that, like, hey, that might be a better game. He had a pick in this game, and he played a more difficult opponent that he handled better, too. I think of that play in the front pylon where he breaks up that ball to Metcalf. Superb stuff. I mean, that is a – or was that Lockett? I, mean, I, I, I can't it remember. It was I mean, obviously it was Metcalf. My, it I might have been Metcalf. I think it was DK. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> broke that up. That was awesome. That was just high-level cornerback play. I thought he deserves – all the credit in the world for how this defense played. They put a lot on his shoulders and he came out and showed everybody, you know, like he's a good corner, you know, he's, he can play in this league against anybody. Uh, I do think DJ Turner had a little bit of a step back game. <laughs> I was like, Oh, the hype, you know, <laughs> there was the hype. And then <laughs> I watched this and granted a lot of this is broadcast, you know, like from a lot of plays, the corners kind of just disappear off the screen. <laughs> <laughs> then you know what they did by the ball getting thrown at them. Uh, but when it came to watching on broadcast, I was like, ah, oh, man, I kind of hope for a little more DJ Turner. But I thought two out of three corners were good because I thought Mike Hilton, Mike Hilton was good in this game. Mike Hilton. Pick, ooh, he got up there on that pick. <laughs> Five foot nine. He, he mossed. I mean, Lockett's not very tall, but he mossed him. It felt like a bounce back game for Mike Hilton because it, it felt, yeah. you know, a little bit of a slow start to him for him this year. He's getting older. I think we have to remember that. But overall, I felt you know, the confidence got back from Mike Hilton in this game. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It felt, it felt like a good Mike Hilton game and getting that pick. I was so happy for him because it feels like he's gotten a lot of stuff thrown his way, but you know, like yeah. just cause a guy doesn't play at his best in the early, I mean, he's not the only one, you know, it, there's other guys that aren't playing up to their standard. Uh, also, Chido Bayouzier getting beat deep. That was a little upsetting just in terms of, you know, you know, Chido from two years ago, does he get beat like that? I don't know. But at the same time, got to remember to be patient with him for sure and just hope that he can get back to near his old level by the end of the year. We, you know, you, when you look at this bye week, um, it always feels like Zach Taylor's bye week over the last few years kind of fell right in the middle. And this one comes a little early. And I feel like it's at a really good time because you mentioned Cheeto. Um, I, I think another two weeks would be good for him. Um, you know, he's limited in practice the last few weeks. And then you think about T. Higgins, who played through injury today. Joe Burrow, no setbacks. That's a, definitely a positive. Um, but anything else on the defensive side of the ball before we flip to offense? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, we, we touched on, you know, the defensive line outstanding, especially in that last drive when they were gassed. I mean, I'm sure they were gassed and mm -hmm. they stepped it up and they were the biggest reason that the Bengals came in with a win because if they weren't getting pressure like that, it probably went south for them. Uh, wanted to say that else was, oh, I mean, Cam Sample too. We didn't mention him, but he got a yeah. sack in this game. Thought he had a pretty nice game overall from a position that the Bengals need somebody to step up in that secondary pass rusher, the, the bench unit to get some pressure. Uh, other than that, I don't know. 
I mentioned it, Luana Romo. I thought his game plan was fantastic in this. I mean, you when you I think he's hit right now the perfect mixture of when how often to bring pressure from those looks, like bringing everybody at the line and actually bringing that pressure. Because sometimes you look at a guy like Brian Flores and he does a little too often. And you kind of go, ah, you know, the corner's a little hung out to dry over here. But and then you look at guys like, I don't know, Brandon Staley, some guys in, on that tree especially, they show that pressure and they never bring it. So teams don't respect it. So you have to hit the mixture. And I thought they did a good job hitting that mixture of like he brought the whole thing and he would also drop out of there. And that makes it so difficult on an opposing offensive line. So I want to give him a shout out just for that and everything else. I mean, I, I just thought he he had a well-crafted game plan for this one and gives you a little bit of hope. You know, is there hope that, you know, we keep talking about this 49ers team is going to blast. I was going to blast, you know, like they match up. I do think that we aren't giving Anarumo with a week of prep time enough credit here. Cause I think he could keep them in that game. Even if the offense isn't playing up to where it needs to. And you have to think about, um, you know, obviously I want every team to go in with their full health, but Debo left early, Christian McCaffrey left early today. Um, those are things to monitor for the Cincinnati Bengals going into, I know they're going into bye week, but you have two weeks to, to prep for that. And what does that offense look like if, um, if they aren't good to go in about two weeks? So yeah, I agree with you. Give Lou, I, I think Jay Morrison said this today on uh, social media, called it Lou day. And I agree. Um, it just felt like, very encouraging going into the bye week, seeing the defense look like they did today. I mean, the offense owes them uh, a nice little steak dinner, maybe at Jeff Ruby's, because they saved them big time in the second half. Because we'll flip to the offensive side right now. You watch early on in the first half, in the first quarter alone, and you're thinking, oh, offense is going to be fine today. They might be able to yeah. win by a couple yeah. scores the way they're driving down the field. It seems to be flowing just fine. Joe Burrow was connecting. You get Yoshi, his first career touchdown. Tyler Boyd's in the end zone, and um, it's moving smooth. You go into halftime, and it just felt like things weren't clicking. It Joe was missing on guys he normally hits. I know Orlando Brown left late in the fourth quarter. I wouldn't say you know anything was due to Orlando Brown leaving the game because it was so late. Uh, groin injury, uh, according to Kelsey Conway, he should be good to go and return for bye week. But um, just felt like offensively that they, they couldn't get anything going in the second half, and that was really unfortunate. You know, uh, when did Orlando Brown go out? Was it was that... in the fourth quarter. It was. It was very. It was pretty late. It was in the fourth. Mm -hmm. It was early fourth quarter, though. I'm thinking maybe even early. I apologize in advance because I just remember him him leaving. Oh, so you he, were at the game, weren't you? I was at the game, so I'm so you might it not have, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was somewhere around the third fourth quarter change. Oh. Uh, somewhere around there, I'm not sure. Like I, I remember, I believe it was for me. They came back from a commercial, and I remember I just saw 61, and the broadcast didn't talk about it. They were, they were actually busy talking about a Seahawks player injury at the time. I don't even remember who. Um, and I just remember seeing like 61, what's he in there for? And this was, I think, right after Volson let up that sack to Draymond Jones. And I was kind of like, did, did Volson get replaced? And no, I was like, oh, Orlando Brown got replaced. Um, and then found out the groin injury later on. Because there's plenty of time. I remember having a lot of time to think about, like, why is Cody Ford in there instead of Orlando Brown? They kept talking. Orlando Brown standing with his helmet next to Frank Pollock. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think Burrow played well in the second half. I think that's the biggest That's the biggest issue. People want to point to all these different things. It's like, why can't we be the 49ers? It's like, 
why aren't the Rams the 49ers? Like, why aren't the Rams the Jared Goff Rams when they have Matt Stafford? Because it's a better offense. Like running the ball, like like not running the ball, running your offense through a star quarterback is the best offense in the league. And you see that everywhere. The Chiefs, the Eagles, the Bengals, the Ravens, you know, the Rams, all those teams. The only team that has a quarterback that they don't completely run the offense through that's really good is the 49ers. And that's because they do everything in the world to prep to not have to rely so much on the quarterback. And then when you listen to high level, you know, like former quarterbacks and all sort of stuff, they kind of go Kurt Warner and JTSL. They kind of go like, I'm, you know, like I kind of want a little more out of this 49ers drop back passing game. The Bengals instead emphasize their drop back passing game and emphasizing that they're going to maximize Burroughs talents. Because what you do when you get in this Shanahan wide zones type stuff Yes, you want that when you're in positive game scripts. You in neutral game scripts, it can be good, especially if you build it correctly. But when you're behind, that becomes difficult. And I, I just don't think that you know there's only so much time. If they had enough time, they would install the 49ers. You know, they could install whatever they want out of that 49ers background and try to make it so like, hey, if the quarterback's not playing well, we'll just get to this. Instead, they have plan A, and plan A is for Burrow to play well. And if he doesn't, they don't really have a ton of answers. And that goes down to the GM and how they built the team, too. They're built to be a spread team. They're built to pass block. They're built to drop back. They're not built to pound the rock and take easy shots off the play action. It could happen. You can think of the Panthers game last year. But in general, they just aren't really built to do that very often and maybe you could try it when the passing office is so bad like it was weeks one through four we kept talking about like maybe you just pound the rock anyway even if they're not built for that because you're gonna at least take hits off burrow but that's the biggest thing it's just they emphasize everything being the spread drop back team and when the quarterbacks hurt it doesn't work anymore I agree. I think people have to remember, and, and we even said that early on when he was dealing with the calf injury more than he is than what we noticed over the last few weeks. I would say um, that when when it, he doesn't function or or he can't get it going, this offense won't function. He mm-hmm. is the reason this offense has a groove and they can get moving. And yes, they have plenty of wide receivers and they have uh, offensive weapons, but Joe Burrow is the most important person on your offense. And right. uh, if he's not rolling or if he's having a bad second half, your whole offense is. And that's just the and, way it's going And one more part on that is just there is the part that I am a little not happy with is just when Orlando Brown went down, they kind of turned into that kind of shell of itself off. They do this from time to time when they think they've got a big mismatch with their offensive line against the opposing defensive line. You can think of some of those playoff games from two years ago. Uh, you can think of the Browns game earlier this year, but it's all quick game. It's all one to three step drops. They're not taking any chances. Like I, that's the one part is this offensive line is probably going to deal with injuries. And because you let Lalo Collins go now, your backup tackle is a guy you don't really trust. So when you have an injury there and Orlando Brown hasn't missed much time in his career, so that's not one to be expected, but you know, Jonah Williams has. So if Jonah Williams was out, this would have been the same situation. They lose their best offensive lineman on paper, maybe not playing the best so far this year, but I thought he was good in this game from what I remember. Um, Not that I was watching him super closely, but I don't remember having any issues with him. Um, But yeah, you lose that, and I just want to see them be able to push the ball down the field because that's when the offense feels so constrained. And this is an offense that shouldn't feel constrained like that. Like, yes, they want to 
horizontal and spread teams out and get the ball in the hands of their playmakers and let them work. But at the same time, you need them to be able to work down the field, which is just something they haven't done so much of, especially when they deal with any type of offensive line deficiency. So that's what I want to see, especially if Orlando Brown is out for any amount of time. They have to be able to put together a functional offense. You can think of another one that I, I just thought of. This felt a lot like in the second half of the Ravens playoff game last year where Carmen came in and the offense just kind of went, okay, we're you know, we're just quick game, three-step drops. That's all we can do right now. So that's the part that's frustrating is when they just kind of get in the shell of themselves and try to force things that way. And Burrow's missing throws too. But like that, that's that's the biggest thing. But I do want to see them be able to actually work down the field. Maybe you get to max protect. Maybe you just attach a tight end to Cody Ford's hip and you say like, you've got two guys, you know, whoever Cody Ford's blocking, you're blocking him too, unless it's like a blitz situation. So you've got two guys and now this should be the same offensive line we've been dealing with for the most part. We only have four in the pattern instead of five, whatever. Um, that's all. That's the only thing is I think about is they have to be able to actually work the ball in the intermediate areas and not just go balls for deep balls when there's any type of offensive line injury. Yeah, and, and when it comes to rushing the ball, I'm, I'm not surprised. We talked about it on the preview podcast. Look, they can stop the run. Um, yeah, and, and they did. They, they did. 100%. They, he did throw one to, to Chase Brown, and I kind of liked getting him involved a little bit. Um, I still feel like they do have an RB2 problem, and and maybe that's something they can figure out after getting out of the bye weekend. Um, but it is, it's still a struggle when it comes to running the ball, but I, I wasn't expecting that too much in this game. Um, just unfortunate the way the, the second half looked for the offense versus the first and, you know, things to clean up. And, and Joe Burrow said it best, not going to apologize for a win, mm-hmm. you know, get a win if you look back to that titans game i think a lot of Bengals fans if someone would have told them hey you can go in a bye week at three and three after this terrible game on the road to the titans everybody would raise their hand and say please let me take that and yeah. no sex for joe burrow and that is the most I, encouraging thing neither one of us even though we did predict them to win both these games yeah. uh, neither one of us were predicting them to go three and three though i think when you no. talked to us then it was thinking like three and three is ideal and two and four is probably likely yeah now they're three and three they put themselves right back in it. And that Titans team, I, I was thinking about this. How many teams have the Bengals played so far this year that are bad? I mean, the Cardinals maybe, but they're at least competent. Like they can hang with teams, especially if they beat the Cowboys and the Cowboys yeah. were rolling at the time. Like they the can kind of hang with teams. Browns have the best defense in the NFL. Oh yeah, they made the 49ers look terrible. And that's just, you know, unless there's any type of injury right now, yeah, I think that's the best defense in the NFL. And man, oh man, <laughs> is that offense kind of wasted. <laughs> I don't mind it at all. Um, but I, yeah. but I look at, um, you know, I agree with you. I, Raven, I think yeah, Ravens good. Titans competent. Titans are like one of the most competent teams you can put on the field. You know, like they're, they're just, they hang in there with anybody. I know they might not look good doing it, but they just hung in there with the Ravens this week. Uh, and then the Rams, they just blew out the Cardinals and they look like a good team. Yeah. This week so- they played a playoff team in Seattle. I mean, it's been a tough schedule. I know it's going to be even harder, but I also think like, just calm down. Like they weren't supposed to blow most of these opponents out and they did blow out the only opponent they were supposed to blow out. Well, the thing is, I think the best way to look at it and, and as, as fans or people who talk about the team, you go into a regular season and expectations are extremely high. A lot of people didn't know how bad that calf injury was going into week one. And you look at it now after six weeks of football, there are things to fix 
But I think after some of those bumps and, and just the early starts of the season, you, you take that 500 record, you're still in it for the AFC North. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we're like, well, maybe there's a wild card. I don't even know if this wow. team's going to make the playoffs. But I think you back up a little bit and you say, you know what? It's a week by week league. It really is. And I think we have to remember that because the competition, yeah, it gets hard. But th there's something about this team over the last few years. They, they play up to their opponent. And you get the Niners in two weeks. You're back home for Sunday Night Football versus the Buffalo Bills. Um, I'll be you know, in attendance, so they'll and win. They'll, and they'll, okay, great. They'll win. And you know what? They've only lost two games at home in two years. Um, you, you can point to the Ravens game and then that Steelers game that everybody wants to forget. Um, but they, they, they do play well at home, and, and you, you have a lot at home in the back half of the season. So it is, it's just a week-by-week -week thing, and I think the biggest thing right now as you go three and three, you're still in it for your AFC North, is, um, as I mentioned before, no setbacks for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow gets an extra week of rest, and you feel like the finish line could possibly be near. I know pro football doc um, on social media, again, he's not with Joe Burrow, so he can just guess on, on what's going on. But he said, you know, if you get to November, it's all systems go. Like Joe Joe mm -hmm. is shouldn't be dealing with it anymore. And I think that's absolutely huge, um, just getting that extra week of rest as, as they head into bye week. A lot of the guys could use that, um, as I mentioned before, Cheeto, T. Higgins, um, just getting that early on and you kind of reset the season that every week you just need to go one and oh. And I just I feel like there's there's a lot to take from these last two games. It was the offense against the Arizona Cardinals and then the defense just gives me so much like encouraging positive vibes going into the second half of the season. I agree. And uh even when the defense didn't play their best, I think of the Ravens game, I thought the plan was fine. Like I've never at once thought like, ah, oh, you know, Anna Rumo with those head coaching interviews that's all he's worried about like no nah, I, I think sometimes the players let him down i just think man he puts together some of the best game plans out there i think that is just so impressive and that's why i'm giving him some benefit for the doubt for the next two games i know these are tough games on paper against two teams that have been better than the Bengals, much better than the Bengals this year give him a little bit of i think this defense will keep them in it i know could happen it, they could just get blown out and they could you know I think that is a possibility, but if I was going to predict it, I think the Bengals are going to be able to keep it close in both of those games, but we, we will see. I mean, it's tough. Uh, yeah. End of the day, I'm pretty confident that the defense can put together these type of performances. It looked like a little bit of that uh, Jordan battle taking reps was overblown this week. Huh? It's little. It's like, I, like I've been saying, I feel like it's missed tackle really. Like I keep trying to say like, you guys, everybody's upset with Nick Scott. I get it. He actually had a play today that I wasn't happy with in coverage. Uh, there was that post, that post to lock it. I also think like, yeah, it's lock it, whatever. But I was like, ah, man, that was, that was on Scott. And then I go to Twitter. I don't see everybody complain about Scott. I'm like, okay, sure. Whatever. We move. That, uh, uh, that DPI in the end zone. I, that was a little questionable. So, so that was the one time my stream cut out. I saw the play initially, and I thought, oh, that was weak. And mm -hmm. then I posted about it, and then I got replies. And I don't know if these are people that just don't like Scott or if they were people that were being genuinely honest with me. Or they said, like, oh, on replay, you could see that he's clearly holding his other hand or something. Yeah, it looked I to mean, me like he kind of had the hand on the hip that they always allow, and he reached around and swatted the ball down. But And then I saw a Seahawks guy that I, I trust and like, and he said something like, <laughs> was that DPI? <laughs> question mark it's like okay well maybe it wasn't you know I mean, you're gonna go back and you'll watch the tape some of that stuff was 
here's what I'll say. And again, I, I, I hate that. I just dislike the officials so much in the NFL, but it just seems like an all time low this year. Um, I, I felt like at some point, Joe Burrow's got to get these roughing the passer calls because they are so questionable. Uh, that one was Jordan Brooks. That one was uh, questionable. Especially I mean, when they called the DJ Reader one, which Reader's was technically a penalty. It was technically a penalty. And it's, it's tough. That is yeah. like, that is such a hard – you know how hard that is on the defensive line? And this happened, what, because I think Rodgers got hurt on a play like this and then they mm-hmm. made it a penalty. It is so hard that you have to not only – you can't hit the quarterback high, you can't hit him low. And if you hit him perfectly in the strike zone, find a way to not land on him. It's like, goodness gracious, especially the quarterbacks can move so well now. Like, Gino can move. If, you can't. You know, you can't just – slow yourself down so much that you're barely you're thinking too much and not playing that's so hard and i felt bad for uh dj in that spot but yeah the dj reader penalty the knicks got penalty both of those i i kind of didn't go like oh you idiots type of thing i was just like "Ah, unfortunate you know like calls that aren't made every single time that play happens it just is what it is you got to win in spite of the officials and i thought the Bengals also you do I, i can't think of Oh, I mean, that cut block from uh, Kenneth Walker that they called a 10-yarder <laughs> where he didn't even make contact because Hubbard jumped right over him. I was like, yeah, you probably need to throw the flag there, guys. <laughs> I'll take I mean, it, but you probably just need them to be good at their jobs. Uh, but that's a whole other story. Bengals won. You you bring up a good point. You We can never, you know, you, you never want to make it where officials are determining determining any outcome of a game or, or yeah. any kind of questionable calls because they're more than likely going to mess it up. Um, but uh, other than that, you you go back to this game. Any other quick thoughts as we wrap this up? Uh, quick thoughts. I mean, as much as we talk about Burrow playing bad, Burrow was sharp in that first half. He was yes. really good. Lights out. And we didn't even talk about Andre Yosivas with that touchdown. I thought that was wonderful the way he did it. Uh, it was out of structure. It looked like a play they kind of designed for him. And that mm-hmm. didn't work right away. So he goes out of structure. And my favorite part was as he's running around the back, he notices the corner is just in great position to take everything away from him if he just keeps running along there. So he kind of like cuts right in front. It was Tariq Woolen. Cuts in front of Tariq Woolen. It was a good corner. And yes. then uh, they threw the then he threw the ball in a position that he could get it. And that just seems smart to me. I was, I've never played wide receiver or know if this is really a thing. But, you know, in my mind, I'm like – Follow a ball path that can get there over Tariq Willett. He's six foot four, guys. <laughs> like, that's hard. So, cut in front of him, and now you have leverage to kind of box him out. I thought that was really smart. Awesome. Uh, Yossi Voss, great day. Jamar Chase, good day. Uh, man, that pick <laughs> was DK Metcalf throwing us off that it was not Spoon that would get the best of Jamar Chase, but Trey Brown. Out of that's why Joe went to him. Joe I know. Saw, he saw, like, who the heck is Trey Brown? Okay. And uh, Jamar, I, I love him. He always open, but could could have fought a little more for the ball. Uh, but that is bad. On, <laughs> it's bad on Joe. It's bad on Joe. That was an interception by him and, and just a bad, bad uh, mistake from him overall. But I kind of get it. I was like, oh, yeah, go to him. He's not he tried on to him. go back shoulder, too. Some people were saying underthrown. I didn't think it was underthrown. He tried to go exactly. back shoulder, and, but he left it too far inside. Remember, I talked all about this last week. I was yeah. like, he's kind of leaving some of those sideline throws inside. And that was the issue was Chase was outside and he threw it, ended up inside. Is yeah. what it is. Over- but overall, I agree with you. Uh, Joe Burrow was, you know, 
don't get it twisted. Joe Burrow had a really good first half. And uh, Yoshi, that was that was really cool to see. One of my favorite things, and I know it's all over Bengals social media now, and I, I didn't see it until after the game, that Joe Burrow went over to one of the uh, the side officials or someone who, you know. He went running up there to get the ball, yeah. Get the ball and give it to Yoshi. And just imagine your quarterback's thinking, it's your first full, it's your first touchdown. I got to make sure you get this football. And he, and he went over and got it for him. And I thought that was, that was really cool to see from Joe Burrow, but obviously a uh, big day for the birthday boys, Yoshi first career, regular season touchdown. And then Cam Taylor Britt getting an interception today and just played a really great game on the defensive side of the ball. But yeah, you know, like I said before, you go in the bye week three and three, you take it right now, um, get healthy for your quarterback another week. And uh, the rest of the guys, I'm sure they don't mind that 500 right now. Certainly. I mean, I would think uh, everybody's pretty happy about getting the 500 after how the season started. They're right back in it. That's the biggest part. They're just right back in the hunt. And that's it for us. We'll be back on Tuesday, a little breakdown of the film, and then uh, look ahead as they go into bye week. Thank you, as always, for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.